I gotta give you a shade shout out, Jason. I haven't I hadn't had a chance to tell you this, but I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but I remember you posting something about quitting drinking. Oh yeah, man. And I was going through kind of a rough time in my life and I was heavily drinking. And you and a friend of mine at the same time, I don't remember how long ago was that? It's been a while, man. Cause like in the past year. Oh shit. So I, and I'll talk about booze all day long, but I was going, I was at the point where I was drinking a lot and I was like yeah. a lot. And then I, um, this, I stuck and I, now I can't even drink hard liquor really. I mean, once in a while, maybe. And now it's tough for me to even drink like one or two beers at a time. It's not that it's tough. It's just that I don't have the taste. And I think once you, you don't really need to go cold. I went cold Turkey when I first did it. And then I reintroduced a, maybe a beer here and there. But I'm maybe at the point now where I have like a beer once in a while. I don't even know. Uh, but yeah, man, I couldn't, you know, it's it's one of those things where you get a lot of stress and you're thinking, okay, if I have a drink, it's going to it's gonna calm me. Because I had that yeah. thing where it's like a lot of different things going on at once. I'm like, okay, I have a drink. It's going to calm me down. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I hate the next day. I can't focus. And you and I both love writing. Uh, BC loves mm-hmm. writing and everything it's just like when you drink it it kills my next day i'm like i need to focus i need to write i need a podcast i need to keep focused and if i drink it kills it man and you know i did that and you start seeing the weight you know once you were that man the fucking weight you know i'm gray as shit but i mean wish maybe i get some (laughs) well i'm 40 days like haven't drank wow finally got i was like you know hey we're starting january 1st and my issue was my wife kind of, you know, she didn't come out and be like, you're an alcoholic, but she's like, let's, let's try to stop drinking. And I had tried a few times. Cause you know, like I said, you kind of got me on that kick, but it was like, dude, I would get real nervous when there wasn't alcohol at home or when there's just a little, I'd be like, man, I, I literally got so bad where it was like, I'd call on my way home. How much, how much liquor? Cause I was oh, just shit. drinking. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought it was like, I was being healthy, but I was just drinking like straight gin, no water or anything. I was like, it was the best for you. But it got to the part where I was like, you know, how much do we have at home? Because I knew, you know, I, I was, I had, I've, I've had trouble sleeping since the military, but you know, we had another kid and life's pressing in and it's like, mm-hmm. I just want to kind of go numb. I don't want to get drunk or whatever, but you know, you, know, you had you have Sakato following you on social media. It got to the point where I had Crack and Rum following me on social media. Mm. Dude, and they I, knew my name at. I'd walk yeah, in, go to ABC, and it's like on, mm-hmm, at yeah. the liquor store. They're like, "Hey, buddy!" And the dude would already be heading over to buy because I was drinking that big things of like that Amsterdam gin. He'd already he'd grab it, and before I'd even get in, he's he's got it sitting there, and like I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. like, can I quit? And so, you know, finally, I I. Uh, it's like, I'm going to quit, you know, because like, for me, it was like, you, you've lost a lot of discipline in everything and you want to blame everything else and think alcohol is going to fix it, but it's not. Nope. So I've been like, you know, 40 days, no drink. Like my wife can drink next to me that I don't have, like you said, the taste for it anymore, but man lost like 12 pounds. Like, but it's like, 
sitting back, I think now I've never met a person that said like alcohol made me better at anything. Never. Yeah. I, I'm going to jump in because I grew up uh, seeing some adult men that were having trouble with alcohol. So when everybody was going to like Myrtle Beach and spring break and getting drunk, I just, I was scared to get into it. So I, I've never been drunk. I never drank. Wow. That's awesome. Um, well, but that's why, like a lot of people think, yeah. oh, it's, it's due to, to religious, you know, religious based or anything. Wow, and, and I don't judge. And that's what I don't judge. Like everybody I grew up with drank. I always hung out in bars. I still go to bars. I still hang out with people that drink. I just knew me personally. Like I could see myself 40 years down the road or 30 years. And I'm like, the shit that I want to get into with police work and the military, I was just well, always afraid I would go over. Oh well, shit. I might as well be more open about it. Then I was drinking about a 1.75 a week of uh cracking. That's what I was doing. And I had, to, I had to have, if there wasn't any in the house, I'd be pissed. Not pissed, yeah. like getting mad at everybody. Be like, man, I got to get out. We're going to the liquor store. Yeah, we're going. Yeah. And like, and my kids are like, they knew I'd be stopping, picking it up. I'd, I'd be like, I got to go pick. And now I never drive drunk. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I don't do. But I'd always be like, I got to go. Who wants to go with me to the liquor store? You know. But now it's like, I, I and I went back through my social media. I deleted a lot of it because it just bothers me. But like when Facebook memories pop up, it's like my writing rum. And I read yeah. that, you know, that's one of the reasons I put out the new edition of my book, too, is because, like, I wrote that book when I was drinking, the original editions. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I read it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't you can't get by, man. You can't. And it's like, if I have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if I drank on Friday night, I would have to drink Saturday night and Sunday night because I'm like, I, just to get the edge off. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was like all the time. And it was like, oh, I'm going to go right. I'm going to be like, you know, what's his name? The guy who blew his Ernest head off. Hemingway? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, Ernest yeah, it was cool. You know, he could write. But yeah, he was writing like almost like kids books. You know, you could tell he was drinking. Yeah, I, best, I've had this author in the world. I, really, I love right. his author. But it's still, it's like when you're getting into the writing world, you don't need the drink. You don't need to take it. But it's romanticized yes. in writing. Yes. It's like yeah. you're this tortured genius. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. You know, a lot of stuff like comes from the military and, you know, PTSD and law enforcement and everything. And we, we fall, I caught myself like falling in these tropes. Like, you know, you have, like, I come from a long line of alcoholics and my dumb ass is sitting there like, I'm not an alcoholic. I can stop whenever I want to. And then, you know, one day you got to look in the mirror and be like, you can't stop because you're a fucking alcoholic, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, um, but you know, like, I caught myself doing, like you said, like, you know, my son, you know, one of the things that hit me because you, you, I was so delusional. I thought that like my kids aren't watching Mm -hmm. and you know, they are. Yeah. I heard my, I went somewhere or whatever. And he's like, Hey dad, you're going to stop at your store to get your, your, uh, your drink or whatever he called it. Like he doesn't know it's alcohol, but like Mm -hmm. we passed the liquor store and he's like, why aren't you stopping? And I'm like, God, you know, and, um, like they're watching that. Right. And so the biggest thing that hit me besides not being able to stop is like, I'm supposed to be raising my son to be the man that's going to take, raise a family, take care of a, you know, a wife, et cetera. And I'm supposed to be raising my daughter using myself for her to model what her future husband should be. And I'm like, you know, she's looking up at me like, daddy, I got your ice. And I'm like, so I'm telling yeah. her that you mm-hmm. need to go have an alcoholic 
for a husband. And I never, mm-hmm. you know, hit. Oh, that hits when you said the ice thing too, is cause like even my kids, yeah. like a present they got me was like skull ice cubes. And I'm like, what the fuck, what do I need this for? But you know, the other thing too, is like, it's romanticized everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Man. Booze this, booze that. It, but depression, yeah. fucking mm-hmm. depression, man. I would Dude, go was... the, the dark days. And I talk about my depression a lot in the past. I still get depressed here and there. Um, but when I had the booze, I could be depressed three, four days. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. It was that you're depressed feeling. drinking yeah. a depressant. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're also, you've seen enough stuff in your life at this age that it's tough to process. I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm avoiding a lot of stuff and I, I don't drink, but I'm also trying to get away from things that I don't want to see anymore or think about or uh, dwell in that area. And I'm, I'm exercising a lot more and trying to just eat a little healthier. Um, but, but the alcohol, I've watched people battle it. And, and it's when you said romanticize and you, you, like I have people that will say, Oh, you don't drink bourbon. You don't drink. And it's almost like guys will bond over that. You know what I mean? Like everybody will sit around and talk about their types of bourbon or their types of alcohol. Let's talk about, let's talk about being 30, 40, 50 years old and getting peer pressure. I, oh, um, yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing that one thing I've learned though is cause I've been doing it for a while now. In the beginning, like I would go to these, like, you know, these veteran get togethers. So you don't see me doing a lot of that stuff anymore because it's all about booze, all mm-hmm. about booze. And I'm like, look, man, it doesn't have to be about booze. Yeah. It could be about anything. But I started learning, even with my really good friends, is that there's no more pressure. Mm-hmm. Like after, after you do it for a bit, um, there's no more of this, hey, we're going to go to this bourbon shop. And now I'd actually get invited to go drinking because they know I'm going to grab a coffee, an iced coffee or something like that. They're not pressuring me. They'll still, now mm-hmm. they'll still, and before they wouldn't invite me, but mm-hmm. now it's like, Hey, we're going to like my, uh, my 50th was at a brewery, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know what I had? I, did I try a beer? I might've tried a beer, but like me, I can only drink like half a beer half the time, <laughs> but it's mostly like they have iced coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'll drink a coffee. I'll drink this. I, that's why I like really good coffee now is because like, I, is it another crutch? Is it something different? No, nah, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I mean, I tried giving up coffee when I had heart problems and it's not going to happen, but you know, you get rid of the booze and you're going to find out that your health, your heart, your testosterone, everything else starts. Your elevated. blood pressure goes everything. down. Like that was yeah. the thing I didn't realize. Like you're drinking poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you're doing. Like you're, you know, and the big thing for me is like the weight, like I'm saying, oh, I'm drinking gin. No, Nothing mixed mm-hmm. with it, like ice gin and a little bit of lime. That's healthy. It helps your liver and shit. Oh, it's healthy, yeah. And or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, life. well, then why did I lose like twelve pounds? Because yeah, like, uh-huh. you know, fermentation is sugar, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. But the biggest thing, I mean, there were so many big things, but it was like, I I had a problem being present, mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes from like being a writer or whatever, because you're. I mean, our society teaches us when we're really young as men that like we're mortgaging our today for some distant tomorrow when you're going to hit this retirement age and be able to enjoy yeah. your kids. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is like, you know, my relationship with my kids is better now. Like my son used to not really hug me. He went through this period and we don't make him like, hey, give me a hug. He's like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, that's cool because you don't have to hug anybody. But. I didn't realize that the reason he wasn't hugging me is because I wasn't paying him any attention. 
Like I was just sitting on the couch, like fucking drinking mm. my ass off or looking at my phone. Hold on five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ever present. And I was thinking, Oh, I just need this. Like I'm still struck by the selfishness of it. Like I need to come home and disconnect from my mm-hmm. family. Right. And it's like, you know, at this time I entered like therapy, dealing with depression and PTSD and it was affecting my writing. It was affecting every part of my life. And it wasn't just booze. Booze was just like the medication I could take at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, I feel like I've got everything I ever wanted on the other side of this pane of glass and I can't grab it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, do you think the booze and the fact that like you're not really there? You're think you're, you know, you come home, slam that first drink, get the buzz and kind of keep it. You're not there. And the kids, they knew this. My wife knew mm-hmm. this. And like, like, oh, you're being such a whatever. Not realizing that she's reacting to me not being present or whatever. And it was like quitting drinking, dude. It's like being present and is the most important thing you can do, especially mm-hmm. for your family. You know what's crazy is like I think about all the health crap that started happening to me too. Is yeah. like fucking gout. Mm. I had gout from drinking so much and having too much teas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like diabetes, you know, all that shit. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's why I could ruck all the time now. Cause I'm like, I don't have this crutch. It really like what do you get out of it? I mean, really like um yeah, I get a hangover, but like writing you get stuff, broke like, too, man. And that's, yeah. and that's shit yeah, expensive, like, dude. 30, 40 bucks a bottle, you know, yeah. at the end of the month, you're talking four or five hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude used to like shh. In, in the army and in infantry and, and oh, straight crap, up yeah. talk cash uh-huh. shit like you're gonna drink and i'd say i'll tell you what you're gonna have to hold me down and and there's enough of you in here to do it but your ass gotta go to sleep at some point and when you do i'm, I'm gonna take it to you because i knew if I, I knew if i ever started i'd never be able to stop yeah, i was I've that was that was always was, my fear like i will become a, a complete alcoholic at, i'm at, 50 now yeah 50 now i started drinking when i was 13 stopped a couple years ago stopped really drinking a couple years ago but Mm-hmm. It's a long fucking time, man. Well, it's like yeah, misery loves company, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it, this, and I, I know we're kind of running over, but this brings up a, oh, there's no something I've been now. thinking I mean, about yeah. is like, what is the definition of being a man or manhood, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of these things, let's talk, we were talking about firearms. We've talked about booze. We've talked about all these things, smoking cigars, all this shit that like, that's what a man does, you know, Mm -hmm. and the peer pressure comes in. Like I was in the 82nd, like they had uh, Barbara Walters did a special, like that was literally called 82nd, the most uh, physically fit alcoholics in the world. Mm. Literally, you know, and it's like, that's a badge of honor. Like, oh, I could drink a Mm -hmm. lot of shit. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, like that's a badge of honor like but being a good dad that's not really a badge of honor like it but it should be you know what i mean and it's like mm-hmm. these i feel like we, as you get older you you got to begin to question these things that people have told you right like why the hell like why is you want to have a me you want to have like an event and you want to get to know these people but everybody's drinking, so you're not really getting that person. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and no one's going to remember and like all this stuff. And you're just kind of like, I just look back at it and I was like, it's taken all of this. What is it giving me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 
and a couple lessons from, learned and it gives you a, a a whole you know i think about all the shitty things i've done in my life and all and almost 99 percent of them had alcohol to do with it mm-hmm. i watched i watched young soldiers that i you know as just like a little fire team leader i'm up 19 20 years old and these new soldiers would come in and i would see them and just thought these dudes are so squared away you know they got me motivated and the men inside inside of six months ten mm-hmm. months they're drinking heavily and it's and it, like you said it's celebrated so you had even sometimes you had ncos or sergeants that were was drinking with the soldiers yeah and being like yeah he can handle his alcohol or whatever not it and always I hurt can't me trust man. you because you don't drink like i got you yeah. know because mm-hmm. when i went to the 82nd i wasn't a big drinker but, mm-hmm. you know, come Friday night, that's when all the beer shows yep. up, you know, and it's like you yep. say drunk till Sunday. And it was like, yep. dude, I don't, don't want to drink. I don't, you know, why, pussy? You're yeah. why this? Yep. And then why it's pussy. like, you you're know, not, it's like. not a run? Oh. Yeah. And it's like, I think about at like, the end of the day, it was like, if you don't drink. And I had one my very first squad leader told me this. She's like, look, I'm going to tell you the deal. If you don't drink with us, you can't be in my squad because we don't trust you. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. You trust me with a gun. You trust me to go to war, but you don't trust me because I don't want to drink mm-hmm. a shit ton of beer and pass out. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with trust? And immediately, like, that was one of the things where, like, I don't belong in the army. Like, I'm going to do my time. But if that's your mentality, mm-hmm. if that's what loyalty means to you is, like, do what I say and be a dumbass like me. Yeah. Um, I don't no, want I that. Think- you know, yeah. even BC and I had like a live show for a little while. I remember I was drinking a ton during that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even, I, you know, I, I had to delete one of the recordings because at the end of it, I was like, I could have a slur the whole time. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Yeah. I think that was close to when I like stopped. And then I passed it, out and almost died. And I was like, uh, I should probably stop drinking. Yeah. And, but it happens like slowly like that though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you start out at a young age and. Like I said, I was probably one of the only guys in the company that didn't drink. There was another guy, but he was very religious, and that was his thing. But um, I also grew up like in that straight edge scene, you know, in punk rock, and just yeah, being told like, uh, "Hey, yeah. it's okay if you don't want to drink and do drugs, like mm-hmm. do your thing." Um, so it's more like intrinsic. Like I, I just I don't want to do it. But I can remember being pissed at the senior guys in the, in the company that would do that, that would tell the new guys to drink. And I'd always tell them about, no, you ain't got to, you ain't got to drink, dude, just be squared away. Yeah. Like if I ask you to grab that weapon and, and, and disassemble it, freaking better be able to disassemble it. I don't care what you do, whether you drink or, or go to the clubs or whatever, you know, like, I don't care about that. Just be squared away. But, but that whole, you know, that the, whole realm, the I whole can realm tell you of, this, um, like after a while you lose the taste of it. Mm-hmm. You lose that feeling. You I lose don't have any mood. desire because uh, my and wife. And you lose a desire. Cool. Mm-hmm. She was like, we went because there was a couple times, like at the beginning in January, I went like two weeks. First week was was terrible, and then like I don't say terrible, like I'm detoxing, but it was just mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about booze constantly. Then you know we hit the fifteenth. I'm like, oh maybe I can have a drink. She's like, no. And I'm like, all right. So we get to like February or whatever, and. She said, you know, she she can control her alcohol. She doesn't drink to excess or anything. But she mentioned something about wine. And then we reached, you know, towards the end of February. And she said something. I was like, baby, you could have a glass of wine. But I, she wouldn't buy one because she's afraid I couldn't control myself. So mm. I went and bought her a glass of wine. I was like, look, I mean, a bottle. Like, I, I don't need this anymore. Like, this is done. Like, I don't need it. I want to. 
I can sit here and like you drink a glass of wine next to me and me not, it not bother me. And mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. did. And it's able like, you know, that's like kind of a, a proud moment when you're sitting there, you can smell it and everything. And you're like, mm-hmm. dude, I don't need that. And what hold did it have on me then that it doesn't have on me now? Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's just kind of like a discipline thing. And real quick back to the army, like on Fort Bragg, when you would leave the gate and this huge sign and it had um, the days that Fort Bragg had not had an alcohol related um, injury mm. or maybe it was an incident or whatever. So when I first got there, there's this total car or this car that's just totaled beneath this sign. Mm-hmm. And so if you reached 82 days, everybody got a four day. I was there for three years before we hit 82 days, mm-hmm. three years. And the only reason we did was because all th- three battalions were deployed. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a oh, problem. That's, that's a yes. real problem. Yeah. 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 And, th- and, and not to mention, you know, you, you couple the depressant with what you're seeing overseas and at 18 to 25, maybe you can, you can hold it together. But after that, it, it all starts to come out. And when you talk about like yeah. kind of, kind of beating that behavior and adjusting, I've watched people on patrol that I dealt with with crack stems and stuff like that. And instead of them getting jail time, obviously they would, they would opt to go into a treatment plan or something. And I've seen two or three women that were prostitutes, like street level prostitutes get cleaned up, gain some weight, see them com- completely happy in life. And it's like, what did it take? Well, it took a police encounter. It took an arrest. It took someone saying, if you don't go to this treatment, you're going to end up going you know, to jail for all the petty misdemeanors or whatever you have pending. But to watch somebody be able to beat that at that time was always like one of the more rewarding things. Like I, did, I just, it was heartbreaking to watch people, any type of, of drug abuse um, and, and alcohol. Like I would always see the older generation still drinking heavily, like, like retired uh, firefighters and stuff like that, that were, that were battling some stuff that they never dealt with. And then you watch them. You got to deal with it. Yeah. And that's why we're going to recap the second half. We're going to make this two <laughs> podcasts because uh, yeah, that's the other thing is I could talk about all day long. Is like, well, it needs to be, crazy. I would just say it, it needs to be said, man. I mean, more, no, it the does. more people I, talk about I, it, the, yeah, the better and it be open about it. I mean, yeah. What do you know? 50 years old, man. I'm like 50. I'm like, I'm getting grayer and grayer, but I'm probably in the best shape I've been in like 10 years or so. And I think a lot of it has Mm -hmm. to do with different types of stress, you know, and Mm -hmm. we need to do another show about transition out of this, you know, out of different lifestyles. Cause I'm turning my badge and everything at the end of the month and it's going to be weird. So I think we'll probably have to. Yeah. That's a weird one one. when it, uh, cause I've been there and I've had the pleasure. Okay, Josh, don't even bring it up right now. Cause we're going to go for another hour, brother. We're, we're going <laughs> to no, do I'll another episode quick. next week. I'll keep <laughs> it quick, but I've had the pleasure of uh, helping nurture and begin to start a nonprofit called the, um, that's, it's specializes in first responders because you hear so long PTSD and all these things only happens to the military, but it doesn't. No. And the first thing I noticed upon just like in the military when you're done being a cop, you're done. Like there's no like one day you're a cop and the next day you're not. You're sitting there and like some people can't handle that, you know, and that goes back to what you're being taught, you know, while you're there. Like 
There's not enough information. There's not enough, hey, it's okay that, I mean, you know, we, we called it choir practice, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, and people would, you just, after the shift, everybody goes out, they just get lit. And they're trying to blow off that steam. But what, what you're really doing is you're bringing in that depressant mm-hmm. and you're internalizing it, right? Yeah. And you'll do that your entire career until you stop. And it's like developing the habits that you're doing now, Jason. Like, I think that should be taught day one at the academy. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. And when you mm-hmm. start seeing these things, you know, you or your supervisor or somebody, they need to s- step in and say, like, Hey, this is what this is. There's no weakness in it. It's like you buy a battery, you run it for a while, it starts to lose its charge. You know, you know, that's what a battery does. And we're, you know, we're kind of human beings. And as we take in all this negative stimulus and trauma and stuff, dude, it's got to come out. Like, why not teach people to to recognize that earlier? Mm-hmm. There's, man... There's so we'll, much. We'll talk on the next episode. We, we actually, yeah, yeah, I think we yeah. need to actually have we another do, we episode. Do it, we do it uh, where I am, and it has actually paid off a lot. But yeah, I'll I'd love to hear about this. that because, um, yeah, the thing it's the First Responders Foundation. We're lear- we're trying to get into that space of like providing that education before mm-hmm. you get to the point where you're like, uh, yeah. my only way out is to eat this bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you know what? The other thing we'll talk about is maybe it's not your career. Maybe, yeah. you know, because all of us growing up, I guarantee the three of us were like, oh, you get into law enforcement. It's got to be your career. That's mm-hmm. all you are. Military, that's all you are. But maybe four or five years is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate we talked guns in episode one. And now we're talking because it's going to be episode two. And then look for episode three. We'll talk about what's next, man. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully we'll get some gun sponsors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.